0: Unfortunately, our brains are like Velcro for negativity and Teflon for positive, more enjoyable, delightful moments. And so uh, we got to help our brain out with these practices.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice, and I believe we need all the help we can get when it comes to living a full and free life. Here you'll find honest truth, practical tips, and perspective changes that help you embrace the miracle that is your life. It's an in-process conversation that's going to be unfiltered, and it better be fun. Let's get real together. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Be Real. I am so excited about today's episode because I've been spending a few minutes Before this, chatting with my new friend, Nicole, who is on the show for the first time and we've just met. And a lot of times I get to have people that I've already known in different circles on the show, but I feel like I know Nicole because I've been reading her latest book, which comes out this week. And I'm just, just so excited to have you. So thanks for being here with us today.
0: Oh, I'm honored. Like I said to you before we started, uh, big fan of your work and Aww. honored that you had me on here and excited to talk today.
1: Oh my gosh, so fun. So I was, I was telling you before the show, I had your book with me this week. I was traveling and doing some work uh, with a staff team. And I brought your book because I wanted to kind of tell your story of Um, what if it's Tuesday in this marriage intensive story that we'll tell in a minute. But I shared that. And as the book was sitting there, one of the people on the staff team was like, I didn't know that was your maiden name. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it's number one, I'm not referencing my own book, like on the table. (laughs) Number Number two, there are more than one Nicole in the world. And we're both therapists. And uh, we both I know love. um and I love that you, uh, in your work, do so much connecting, like the heart and theology um in a way that's really accessible. So well done. Um and I'm excited to jump in to this book, What if It's Wonderful?" But before we do that, Nicole, can you just tell us a little bit? I've got a couple of questions to help us know you a little bit more. So tell everybody like where you are, kind of physically? <laughs> in the world and what your week sort of looks like, um, right now in the season?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> it's a hard one to answer. <laughs> so the, first, the first part I can answer clearly. You'll be pleased to know. Um, I, <laughs> I am in Connecticut in a small uh, beach town, uh, right on the long Island sound, um, just outside New York city. So it's kind of this, Juxtaposition of, you know, small town beach living, and we're right outside Manhattan. Exactly. So uh, that's where I am, and my week mostly looks like, um, thank goodness, just juggling my my three little ones. Uh, I have a a five, almost six year old boy. Um, I have a two year old boy and a one year old daughter. Mm, so, uh, awesome. which are such they such gifts to me and. Um, each of their stories taught me a little something about the Lord and mm-hmm. and our role here <laughs> and um, really blessed by them so and and then I see clients a couple days a week um, as a therapist and uh, do a lot of writing in between
1: mm. so I'm curious um, there's so much we could talk about in being in practice and caring for people and also being a mother. And I know that you touch on these themes, you know, in your work. But I'm curious, like, currently, as you're, we're filming this a little bit before the book comes out. So you're in that liminal space where, like, it isn't quite in people's hands yet. And I'm wondering just what are a couple things that you're seeing God teach you, like, in the last month or two um, in your own life?
0: Yeah. You know, it's a funny thing. I, I don't know if this happens for all authors, but the ones I've talked to resonate with this. <laughs> uh, I think when you write a book, you often get the opportunity to practice the things that you write. Um, and for me, just having an expectant heart and making sure that, you know, I truly believe that what sits at the center of our affection determines the satiation of our joy. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that the right, that my loves are in the right order mm-hmm. and um, that the right things are at the center of my affection. And, you know, I can, part of what the book's about and I talk about a few times in different chapters is just that, that profound fear of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized uh, it became clear to me in writing the book, but also remembering it again in these last few weeks is that my disappointment most of the time is not so much about the no, um, or the missed opportunity or whatever it is, but it's about having my loves in the wrong order, Mm. expecting more joy from a gift than it was meant to give. Mm. And usually that's at the heart of my disappointment, and so there's good news in that. <laughs> I'm I'm empowered to talk myself through that and remember the truth that we're given in scripture, and um, you know, walk myself through to a different place uh, to reorder mm. um, the things that are good things. But when I'm expecting more joy than they were meant to give. Mm-hmm. Um, some might call that I, idols, some might call that yeah. order love, you know, we have lots of terms for what that is, but um, it, that's been helpful to keep in mind. In mm.
1: Oh man, I love that. And, uh, you know, this, my follow-up question is, can you tell us about a few ways that you cultivate, you, you said the word expectant heart um what are a couple of your own rituals or ways that you cultivate an expectant heart especially for those of us who are maybe prone to cynicism or yeah. sarcasm as a way to move through life not mm-hmm. calling out any particular nicole's on this yeah. podcast
0: <laughs> I <them> <laughs> so
1: um other than using dark humor as a way to get through the world uh right now i'm curious yeah like what are a couple ways for you
0: yeah, there's so many. And the last third of the book uh, really gets more practical and still uses scripture and story and, and as research and psychology. But, um, you know, I, I try to get real practical with some of those rituals because you're so right. We have to practice the the peace mm-hmm. and joy that we long to feel mm-hmm. and just some real um, simple ways. I, I I want them to be doable because I think so often to, to celebrate and cultivate an expectant heart, we think we have to plan something grand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but two of my favorites um, that I go into detail in the book on are savoring. Mm. So what savoring does is it celebrates the ordinary. Mm. And this is available to us at any time, any day regardless of whether we feel like we have a reason to celebrate mm. or not. And um, really, it's just asking your five senses what they're going to remember about this moment. Mm. So what am I seeing? What am I tasting? What am I feeling? What am I hearing? Which one am I missing? Um, smelling, smelling. What do I smell? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And we ask our senses um, what they're going to record from mm. memory, and it just helps submit in our brain what our brain would be tempted to discard as unimportant, mm. uh, because our brain's efficient. It likes to record things, <laughs> painful or otherwise, <laughs> that <laughs> um, it thinks it's going to need later, and and it also records things that are most familiar to us, and unfortunately. Mm left on neutral the the brain leans negative so we need to help it out with really embracing the joy of our everyday lives and what motivates me to do this is you and I are both going to live many beautiful moments mm. in our lives hopefully we will remember a lot of them <laughs> but none of them are going to be just like this one mhm and so savoring just helps me record what I might be tempted to wish away because I've got a to-do list or, um, you know, just write off as insignificant.
1: Mm-hmm. Or just like you're not being mindful. And I, I'm, i this is incredible because we just had a moment like this right before our interview. We were eating our lunch. A couple, my husband is over here and my oh, friends hey. on the team. And my daughter texted that she had just felt like she failed a test. And she said, I almost started crying because I looked at the problems and I didn't even know how to start one. Ah. And so while we're eating our lunch, we were each of us was sharing about remembering having exper- an experience like that. I think almost anyone has that memory where you open a test or you open up an essay or a problem and you don't even know how to start it. And Joe, who's our, our, on my team, was like, "Yeah, I can experience that viscerally." He actually used yeah. the word "visceral," and yeah. now here we are, thirty minutes later, saying, "Well, how can you actually help your mind savor things?" Yeah. So we all know what it's like to have a visceral negative experience, yeah. and it, it, it you you feel like you can be right back there. And yeah. we're all grown ups. So we haven't taken none of us have taken a test. <laughs> like that in a long time. Yet we can all go right back to that moment. Yet here we are enjoying like this delicious food that we had picked Mm -hmm. up at a a gourmet grocery. And we're enjoying conversation with each other. And we had an opportunity to also record that moment, like Mm -hmm. savor connection and delicious food. And that was available, right? And so to hear you say that, I just, I want folks to know that works.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, right?
1: It's a small practice that yeah. makes a huge difference over time.
0: And it doesn't take a lot of time and you can do it at any moment. Mm-hmm. And you're so right. Unfortunately, our brains are like Velcro for, for negativity, like those visceral moments mm-hmm. that we all can recall, even if it was 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Teflon for positive, um, more enjoyable, delightful Mm -hmm. uh, moments. And so uh, we got to help our brain out with these practices. And the second thing that comes to mind is um, the practice of Thanksgiving. Mm. It feels like we can't walk into a boutique without seeing a a gratitude jar or journal or something. (laughs) Um, And I think that's awesome. I think gratitude has become more of a mainstream conversation and something we're talking about that does increase Mm -hmm. our joy. I think what we're missing is that the gratitude that we feel takes us about halfway down the road Mm. and Thanksgiving takes us, it doubles that joy that we feel through gratitude. Actually expressing our gratitude that we feel in words, it's a way of celebrating the gift with the giver. Mm. So this is true for interpersonal human relationships and this is also true um, I've really enjoyed this in in my prayer life. This mm-hmm. is true with celebrating the gift with the ultimate giver. And that was one thing I, I really focused on in the book as well, is so often I think we picture God or at least interact with Him this way, mm-hmm. kind of walking us over that ground that's rough and hard, and we're tripping and stumbling, but We're clinging to Him because we're so aware of our need for Him. And then when we reach ground that's soft underfoot and delightful to walk, uh, our need is just the same as it was on the other ground, but we forget. And I think we picture God kind of helping us through to the celebration, and then we don't have any context for what it looks like to celebrate with Him or engage Mm -hmm. in our joy. Okay. Okay. And so these practices are really about also engaging. What does it look like to cultivate intimacy with Christ in in the light of our joy? Mm. Um, and being a Christian almost my whole life, I was sad that before I started writing this book, I didn't really have a good picture of what that looked like.
1: Mm. So true. I mean, when you say it, and I, I actually would love for you, can you give us an example of like where gratitude like what what would be an example of gratitude kind of going halfway there and then gratitude changing to thanksgiving so that we could a- apply it you know today in our life
0: yeah i think um the helpful practices around gratitude that again they totally work and they're they're totally wonderful to do um but really noticing and naming um, so noticing the good things that are happening in our day, putting names to them, often, you know, the reason we have the jars or the journals is there's something helpful about collecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, I can talk about that in a minute, too. But um really, it's the noticing and the naming that logs them in their brain that just helps us to see differently mm-hmm. um it helps us to see, oh, even in the midst of what might be a really painful season, a there's there's goodness happening in my heart um, we're not gonna call mm-hmm. that pain good. that's toxic positivity we don't we don't do that um, but, we are going to recognize that there's some good things that are mm. growing and happening inside me and in my relationships that maybe wouldn't have happened mm. otherwise. And we're also going to name that concurrently with that hard stuff, there's goodness happening too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just gives us eye, it lifts our gaze to um, mm-hmm. those things. What's cool about thankfulness is it gives us the opportunity. This is the celebration part <laughs> to yeah. celebrate with the, the giver of whatever gift we're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And there's something about sharing our joy, mm. uh, particularly with the, and this could be, you know, I write my example in the book is um, I had written a note to my mentor who I could cry telling you, mm. The many fingerprints of of his mentorship all over my heart and my life, um, and I had written him a note. And we went over to dinner, my husband and I, to hit he and his wife's house. And I I passed the note across the table and just decided to essentially not read the note, but um, some people do that too. But just to to express the essence of what was inside it mm. face to face, and I really hoped it would bless him. Yeah, I completely underestimated the impact that it would have on me mm. of getting to celebrate his gifts um, that he had given me with him. No. Mm. And, him know. and um, you know, Paul in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul talks about kara, which is the Greek word for joy in three different contexts. And, and one of them is sharing good news.
1: Mm.
0: Um, now, he was mostly referring to the good news of the gospel, um, but the re- the psycho- psychological research um, would also say that sharing any kind of good news mm-hmm. with a friend or expressing that Thanksgiving and, and talking it through with them, like even right now, me sharing this with you is heightening my joy mm-hmm. um, because I love talking about it and it's something that's special for me and mm-hmm. I to tell you. So it, there's just something in the neuroscience that says it takes our gratitude, the joy we get from gratitude and basically doubles it because it takes us through several more steps.
1: Oh my goodness. And and here's the crazy thing cuz I was going to ask you about this in a second. Even as we're even as I'm listening to you tell that story, mm-hmm. you this story is actually increasing my hope. Aww. Which is interesting because yeah. this morning I was praying and I really am trying to do the gratitude thing. I'm actually not very good at it. Like for mm-hmm. a person I consider yeah. myself pretty imaginative and I'm like yeah. Lord, I guess I'll thank you for the cardinals again today cuz I like I'll run it I just don't know. Yeah. But I had a thing came came to mind when I was outside today and I was complaining last night. I mean, I feel like I'm in a pretty discouraged season in some mm-hmm. ways and I was complaining last night and my son that you just met cuz he just popped in here on a break, um, he said, you know, mom, like everything really happens in its time mm-hmm. for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I I this morning was like I just got to experience my son imparting wisdom in my life of the kind of wisdom that I have deeply hoped uh, he would he would have received from us. You know what I'm saying like over how cool our that? And when you just shared your story, I thought, "Oh, I need to now go tell him." Like mm-hmm. I now I want to circle back and say, yes. "I know you were just you were just commenting last night, but this is what that meant to me." So Your joy is increasing when you're collecting the memory again. Yes. My hope is increasing about the fact that I can experience joy. You know what I mean?
0: Like, what an interesting way that God allows our stories to work together. That's amazing. Yeah, sharing that with Him and and what that will do for Him, too, is helping Him— build
1: his identity. <laughs> He'll probably like not really receive it really well because he's still a teenager. But
0: <laughs> I know, I actually like, this is what I love about
1: having, you know, practiced as a therapist is you're like, yeah. you, you know, it actually matters. Oh, and yeah. I want all the moms and dads who are listening today yep. to know, no matter how your room. kid acts, they're receiving it. Yeah, like, it absolutely matters. So yeah. um so you struggle, you talk a lot in the book and I just your story, the way you tell your story is so vulnerable and beautiful and you talk a lot about your struggle with infertility, miscarriages, mm-hmm. um where God was and is in a that and the story, you know, from when you wrote it, you know, it's probably been about a year or so. Um when you fast forward and you look back at your life What are some of those things that you think you learned or are learning that you don't think you otherwise would have learned through that suffering?
0: Oh, um, yeah, so many things. I think, um, I think the biggest one that comes to mind is I lost a lot of my, in that season of loss where I was losing tangible things and, um, you know, just experiencing a lot of heartache, the good losses um, Mm -hmm. were losses of misplaced hope. Mm. And um, what I didn't realize going into that season was I was very, I would have said that I was Christ dependent. And I think in my head I was, but what I didn't realize is that there were a lot of props to my faith Mm -hmm. that actually I had my identity and sense of safety invested in those things Mm -hmm. um, and just didn't know it. I was totally numb to it. And, and I describe it as comfortable. Not that I think life has to be hard to be holy. (laughs) I don't, Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of a big message in this second book, but um, you know, I, I was comfortable without Christ. Um, and didn't know it. And so yeah. when I walked through that season, the the biggest aha moment and invitation for me was, okay, these other things are gone, and I can't stand up. Mm. Um, and so redefining, also, I had a lot of misconceptions about who God is, and Um, who I am to Him. I Mm -hmm. had a very performance-based faith um, and spent a lot of time trying to have the perfect feelings for God instead of inviting Him into the feelings I actually have. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I became acquainted with His character in a totally different way.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I I won't play God and and pretend to say what would have happened, but it's hard (laughs) for me to imagine me having a relationship with God and other people and my children, namely, um, <sighs> that I do now without that season.
1: Yeah. And uh, gosh, it, it also to me, I don't know what the word is exactly, but maybe surrender. Like it takes courage yeah. and surrender and trust yeah. to say the things that you just said, like to allow pain to be redeemed. Mm-hmm. when there might be like a little fighter in us who still just wants to be mad that it <laughs> happened at anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, the stubborn part of us that just wants, still wants to live in that linear like progression, like we're all going to be in a romantic comedy or something. And yet there's this beautiful goodness on the other side of it. And I'm so glad that you're like a witness to that mm-hmm. for all of us. Um, what's one thing, like if you think about a person reading your book as we're getting ready for it to land in people's hands this week, Um, when you picture them, where do you hope that the book can move them from Mm. this place to this place?
0: Mm. Yeah, I I really pray that the book gives people a picture for what it looks like to engage with God in Mm. both their struggle and their celebration. Um, that we don't see God clearly in just one season, but in both, Mm -hmm. um, and that we would have a real picture for what it looks like Mm -hmm. to practice those things that, um, help us cultivate joy. Um, you know, in any circumstance, Mm -hmm. this is not about putting a bow on things or, or pretending that painful things that are somehow not painful or good. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is about, you know, engaging with God where you are and, and experiencing the joy that comes from that. Um, I think also just having the courage to celebrate and um, looking to the future with an expectant heart uh, to see what God can do and how he's going to move in our story. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the title I tell, I kind of tell the story of how the title <laughs> came to be uh, in in chapter 1 and I mean it was like somebody hit a, hit me over the head with a hammer it, it it's almost like it had never occurred to me like oh what if it's actually going to be okay what if it's terrible? <laughs> yeah that is not how I tended to approach my life and and I will just be honest and vulnerable with you I take my title to the face every time I look at my books. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not an area that I am all fixed up and fine in. (laughs) Um, In fact, you know, I was tempted to say, um, I recently did a a small article um, related to the book. And and I said, this is a message that has changed my life. And I had to delete it because while that is true, it has changed my life. It is still changing my life. Mm -hmm. This is a daily practice for me. Um, So I am in the mud pit with every listener and reader (laughs) uh, practicing this alongside you. But I want us to look to the future with an expectant heart, knowing that God is going to meet us, Mm -hmm. whatever lies ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want us to be able to receive without fear um, and to walk through our seasons of struggle, knowing that what is dark today is not going to be dark forever. Mm -hmm. So if you think this is a book that doesn't apply to you because you're just not in a joyful season, all the more reason to pick it up. Yeah. Um, Because uh, joy is our inheritance Mm. in Christ. We're promised that. And revelation is clear that sadness is not the end of the story. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That what is dark today is not going to be dark forever forever. For those who have put their trust in in Christ, so mm. uh, that was a long answer to what I hoped everybody would <laughs> get. But I have a long wish list.
1: <laughs> well, I, I I love that answer, and I also have experienced every book I've written. Like I think another author said this to me: like every book you write is like prophetic. You think you're writing it because you learned it, but then it's like a whole different level of learning oh, it girl. after you write it. And I'm like, this is terrible. I was like. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely need to write like a fun book that it, I know I have like lots of fun. But <laughs> I mean, there's but we like fun. I know you like fun, and so do I. And I know we're both working on cultivating it. But yes. God, God made us to swim in deep waters, and we hope you know that we can help those listening today also to take like a little bit of a step toward that um, depth because it's beautiful and meaningful, and you can still have joy. And be a person of depth and go through hard things like you've been going through. So, thank you so much for being here. I always like to ask one closing question that's like way up here. Okay. Like we went down here, deep end. We're going to go now and get on our floaties in the shallow end. Perfect. So, tell me like one, and this is actually perfect because it's about savoring okay. in its own way. Um, tell me one product, um, app, thing that's just like changing your life right now. It's just your, you're savoring it because it's that great.
0: Okay, I have two. Is that okay?
1: <laughs> yes, of
0: course. Because okay. um, these are stocking stuffers. And you know how stocking stuffers are like, oh, that's kind of fun. And then they're like the thing you end up using every day. Yeah. So one of them is like a, it's a cylindrical tube. It looks like a paper towel roll. Table. Okay. Um, and it's a tissue box that <laughs> shapes that way. So you can put it in your cup holder in your car. <laughs> and it is the greatest thing. <laughs> this is totally TMI, but the number of things I've passed as a tissue in my car is like not.
1: Oh, like anyone who's raised children okay. and been in a car for more than like 30 minutes knows. It's like, does okay. anyone have a piece of paper? Yeah,
0: anyone- <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is so nice just to have it right next That's to you That's so cool. So neatly in there. And then my mom also got me these, they're like eucalyptus tablets. They're the same consistency as like a bath bomb. Okay. Um, kind of that hard powder-like uh, consistency. And you just throw it in the bottom of your shower when you're heating it up. And it is, I am such a spa girl. Um, oh my gosh, that but, sounds amazing. Yeah. Can't afford to go to the spa every day, but this at least gives me a taste um and it's so relaxing and just kind of takes your everyday shower up a notch. So So it's
1: like a bath bomb but it's a shower bomb. Yeah. Okay, yes, we'll get it. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll find not, it. We'll put it there yeah, for you. I'm
0: sensitive to to smells, but this uh-huh. is like really refreshing and um eucalyptus is a very natural scent, so
1: one of my favorites.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so good.
1: Oh my gosh, I love these options. These are, (laughs) these are, those were great savoring options. Like, thank you, Lord, for my tissue box that fits into my cup holder and for having tools that I need and to have a like a, a shower spa experience is amazing. So, okay, we'll drop those both in the show notes for you guys. And Nicole, thank you so much for making time for us. You guys, this is her book, Nicole Zazowski. What if it's wonderful? Truly. An amazing resource. So you guys can go grab it. It's for sale this
0: week. Yay. Yay. Thanks for being
1: with us, Nicole.
0: Oh my gosh. This was so fun for me. Awesome.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Let's Be Real podcast. If you have a question for the show, you can send it to me at Nicole at NicoleUnis.com. And hey, if you're enjoying this, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, share it with your friends, pass it on, shout it from the rooftops, whatever you feel like doing, because the reality is let's get as many people getting real as possible. Talk to you soon.